I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Marcellus Wiley, Emmanuel Acho, let's get it started in Brooklyn, where you at? Well, by now, you've heard that Kevin Durant reportedly wants out of Brooklyn. Hmm, well, KD still has four years left on his contract with the Nets. His former teammate Andre Iguodala recently talked about player empowerment, saying, quote, who's got the power? I got the power! The player can't have all the power. Other people are in place, and they feel like they're powerful figures as well. The egos go much further than the athletes themselves. Yeah. Acho, the NBA stars have too much power. Uh, they do, Sal, and the reason being it's because what you said yesterday. It's not about the power that you have. It's about what do you do with it. It's yeah. what you said, Slick Rick Buecher, who we'll talk to shortly, NBA analyst. It's not what you possess. It's how you utilize what you possess. The reason I think these NBA players have too much power is because it's becoming to the detriment of the NBA. Mm. You always talk about, and I've had to learn about, the only thing that makes sports as great as they are is because there's an ecosystem of sport. The players, they play. The media, they create the storylines. The fans consume the storylines, thus the fans sit in the seats to watch the players play. Mm. There's an ecosystem at play. By all these players trying to become owners and dictating their own decisions, now we're missing some of the ecosystem of sport, if you will, because now these teams are starting to become too dominant, too one-sided, too lopsided, and just like that, we are being robbed of parity and being robbed of greatness. I recall, Stel, from 2015 to 2018, roughly 1,400 days in a four-year period, we knew come June who was going to be in the NBA Finals. Yeah. We didn't have to watch Uh opening tip-off in November to last regular season game in April. Because what we knew, regardless of what happened from November to April, I could tell you exactly what was going to happen in June and who was going to be there. The Golden State Warriors (laughs) and the Cleveland Cavaliers. That part. When you have this type of player empowerment, players getting too much power, then it ruins the parity of sport Mm. five straight years in the nfl different super bowl champions eight straight years in the mlb if i am not mistaken different champions why because you got parity in sport the nfc east the conference in which the cowboys eagles giants and washington commanders reside have not had a repeat divisional champion just divisional champion in 20 years but when you talk about basketball well kevin durant joins warriors Warriors going to the finals every year. Mm. LeBron joins the Heat. Heat going to the finals every year. So the reason that I think players are getting too much power is because they're robbing the parity of the performance. Oh, 
I don't think these guys have too much power. And I think it's pretty obvious they don't have too much power. Let's talk about the power that they have. Let's start with Kevin Durant because this is all a storyline based on what Kevin Durant wants. Is Kevin Durant getting what he wants? No. So how much power do you really have if you can't flex it? Mm. Like we grew up, right? We grew up in the weight room. I know we did. You know, half our sixth period, our seventh period was P.E., but it was for three hours, not just one hour. And it was putting that helmet on, putting those shoulder pads on, right? But we also was in that weight room. And you used to always hear this. I remember seeing the guy talking about how strong he was. I ain't got to hear you talk, big dog. Get under there. How much you lifting? That's how strong you are. Kevin Durant, you have freedom of speech right now. I want to be traded. Hey, Kevin Durant, get under there. How much weight can you lift? Oh, oh, no control. Acho, you own the house? Mm-hmm. Yes, you own the house. You have a mortgage on the house? Yes, sir. Yes. Guess who owns that house? The bank. The bank. <laughs> you can walk around here all day. I live in Hollywood Hills. Where y'all going, ladies? Hollywood Hills. Come to my house. And the bank just sitting there quietly, like the owner of the NBA team. Like, yeah, you enjoy saying it's your house. Kevin Durant's in that same position. These players don't have the power that they think they have because they're under someone else's thumb, the owner. They're under someone else's thumb, the alliance of all the NBA owners, which have a commissioner, which will even veto a trade, Chris Paul, if you think you truly have the power. So when I hear the pro, the pro element of, oh, parody in sports, and everyone likes that and wants to really promote that, Sounds like the NCAA when they were going out there and they were saying, oh, student athletes are, oh, they're just amateurs. Let's cut behind that. Let's cut to the chase. In this situation, he has the power to construct. He wanted to be with Kyrie. Okay, we wanted James Harden. Okay, I want these role players. You got the power to construct, but you don't have the power to control. Then let's go deeper, and I think we can have this conversation because mm-hmm. we are former players, so it's less offensive coming from us. Mm. Um, then if that's the case, if players don't actually have power, then why, not why, then don't you think the players should more so just fall in the line of their contract? Mm. If, Kevin Durant, you don't actually have the power to go anywhere, then why are we kicking up so much dust? Because conversely, I do think James Harden kicked up a whole bunch of dust in Houston. There for nine years, goes to the playoffs essentially every year, goes to the Western Conference Finals a time or two, kicks up dust, leaves, go to Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. In Brooklyn, kicks up dust, leaves, go to Philly. Ben Simmons in Philly, kicks up dust, leaves, goes to Brooklyn. If these players don't have as much power, which you believe, whereas I think these players do actually do have a degree of power, but then don't you think they should stop kicking up all this dust because now you're just causing a whole bunch of hoopla, and for what? And in the event you actually do kick up the dust and you execute like the James Harden, like Mm. the Ben Simmons, like the Anthony Davis, what did you win? That's that's the real issue at hand for me is like, okay, James Harden, you left Houston. You left Houston a mess and in shambles. You went to Brooklyn. You left Brooklyn. Brooklyn's a mess and now in shambles. You went to Philly. Ben Simmons, you left Philly. While you were in Philly that last year, they were a mess and were in shambles publicly. Joel Embiid tried to keep it together. If the players don't got the power, then don't you think, hey, y'all just kind of fall in the lines of your contract and play it cool? Publicly, Embiid tried to keep it together. 
but publicly you also broke it apart. Mm. You call out your teammate after a playoff loss, after a playoff season-ending loss. That ain't trying to keep something together. I don't care how you tried to make amends. You blew that spot up on that moment, in that moment. I tell you why these players kick up dust. It's the same reason why my, my kids, my three-year-old and my two-year-old, has tantrums because they can't fully express themselves. And that's through language, and that's also through just physical expression. They can't get what they want. That's all a kid is. A kid sits there with a limited language, and he sits there and says, ah, 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 ah. you know what? He wants something. But real G's move in silence like lasagna, mm. right? So if you were really in control, do you have to even kick up dust? You don't throw a tantrum. You just do it. Oh, Kevin Durant got eat. Kevin Durant has to kick up dust. Let's go even higher than Kevin Durant. LeBron James, who has never broke a contract. Want to know why Jordan starts signing those one-year deals? To get control. Want to know why LeBron signs those short deals? He was for the same control. So I don't have to kick up dust. I could just have this clean break. And that's proven my point. These dudes under contract, which they know, that the owners don't have to live up to in fullness. Because the owner can say, and this is what I hate with fans, they say, owners do live up to their contracts. No, they don't. Because if you ever signed a contract, you will see your names on there. You will see the terms on there. You will see the compensation on there. You will also see the organization on there. You would see the location on there. They change that. Even though they're going to pay you, they change that. Living in L.A., living in New York, I hear you. What's the difference? A little, but it's subtle. But living in L.A. and then all of a sudden living in Oklahoma City, that's a huge difference. But the owner's like, hey, I'm still giving you your money. Did my part. No, you didn't. By line item. You changed the location. You changed the organization. You changed the culture. So I look at all these players from LeBron on down proving they don't have power. All they can do is throw a tantrum if they're under contract or disappear in thin air if they don't have the contract like LeBron has. So then what's the solve? I think that's really what it comes down to is like, what's the solve? Because if the NBA players don't in fact have as much power as you think or really as they think, mm. then what's the solve? Because Kevin Durant, if he ends up in Brooklyn, this is embarrassing. Like, if you did all of this no. just to stay in Brooklyn. No, this is amazing. It's embarrassing no, it's for not. Kevin Durant. Talk to me from your perspective first. Okay, Come my on. perspective. Come on. Kevin Durant, you go to Brooklyn. They give you a five-year or so, 200-plus million dollar deal, oh, even though you've only played 35 games in Brooklyn. Mm. First year you're there, Achilles injury, that's fine. Yeah. Second year, you're battling different injuries. You play 35 games. You win one series. You get bounced. You have a contract. One year into that contract, you're like, mm. yo, it's time for me to dip. Mm. Now, in the midst of saying it's time for me to dip, we hear reports of the Phoenix Suns. We hear reports of the Miami Heat. Do you want to leave because Kyrie opted in? Or do you want to leave just because you don't like Brooklyn? In the midst of all of that, you, Kevin Durant, one of the five best basketball players currently playing, won out. And then you end up back in Brooklyn? What was it all for? To me, it's embarrassing on Kevin Durant's part because if you are that powerful, if you are indeed Kevin Durant, how can you not get what you wanted? Mm. James Harden got what he wanted. Mm. Ben Simmons got what he wanted. Mm. Heck, Kyrie got what he wanted. If you as powerful as you say you are, Kevin Durant, how can you not get what you wanted? That's why, to me, it's embarrassing both for Kevin Durant, but it's also embarrassing for the NBA, because what's really going on? Oh, Ben Simmons got what he wanted? Kyrie got what he wanted? James Harden got what he wanted? I thought they wanted a championship. Mm-hmm. In the pursuit of unhappiness. <laughs> no, that was a means to the end of getting the championship. You may think they got what they wanted because they on the step 
they took a step in that direction. Don't mean you got to the destination. And those three names, no, no, no. And I, I got to watch you, dog, especially when we talk Kevin Durant. You know me. I got levity. Top five? Well, he ain't fifth. He ain't fourth. He ain't third. Mm, he might be second. <laughs> but top five, you better bring that to top two, and he might not be two. Depends on how you look at him that day. Here we go. This is why this is amazing. This is why this is so good. You mentioned it earlier. Put it all together. Storyline, media creation, right? The storyline is such a huge part of why people love sports. It is the best soap opera ever. Better than soap operas because those are scripted. This is unscripted. You wake up tomorrow. Remember when we came in here in the studio? We had an entire show with no Kevin Durant in it. (laughs) Kevin Durant made me trade. What? And we did two hours of Kevin Durant. This is the storyline that every sports league wants, which is this. All news is good news. And this good news is we have now reshuffled the imagination of all of our fans. Think about it. When you go to Vegas, and I know this happens to you, whether you up or whether you down, you could be looking at the waitress, you could be looking at the game, you could be looking around at your surroundings, but that card deck and shoot is where the imagination lives. Because reshuffling that gives someone who just lost some hope. And someone who just win, just won a little reservation of like, mm, is this still going to stay hot for me? And that's the fans. The fans are sitting there like, oh, man, they won last year. Or are they going to do it again? Then you hear Kevin Durant may join that team. You're like, oh, my God. Then you hear he may not. Then you're like, where is he going? Wherever he goes, that's going to be killer. And I think that's where these leagues land. These leagues land like keep talking us up because that talk eventually leads to walk, except for the players. Coming up, Steph Curry won the NBA title, but we'll tell you if he's the face of the NBA. Ooh, look at that face right there. Y'all, you think too. But first, are Dak Prescott's Cowboys good enough to be a Super Bowl team this season? We'll answer that next. Don't speak for yourself. Yo, tearing paper is harder than ever. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not uh, as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. The Cowboys have high expectations this season, and a lot of that is going to fall on quarterback Dak Prescott's shoulders. The Dallas Morning News wrote, Dak has been the best player on the Cowboys offense various times in his career, but now he's got to do it weekly. It's the only way to hold off the Eagles in a division and make a deep playoff run. So, Sell, are Dak Cowboys a Super Bowl team? Yes, they are a Super Bowl team. Now, I'm going to tread lightly with you because I've tried for thousands and thousands of times to make you understand how precious these Dallas Cowboys are. And I say precious because it could go both ways with them, but they are special. 
And this is how precious and special this team is. Let's go through this imagination exercise, shall we? I got one team sitting here. They won four games. And I got another team sitting here. They won 12 games. If you had to bet your life, which team could make the Super Bowl the next year after winning four games or 12 games? Which one would you bet? 12 wins, sir. Oh, God. Hmm. That four-win team were the Cincinnati Bengals. They end up making it to the Super Bowl the next year after winning four games. The Dallas Cowboys won 12 games last year. Who knows? Maybe the same thing happened in Cincinnati can happen in Dallas in terms of that graduation. But it will be even easier for these Dallas Cowboys because they're uberly talented. Number one offense in the entire NFL with some dead weight now gone from that offense. I am not talking back. See, I knew your face. I knew your face. Wait a second. We don't need these highlights. <laughs> oh, you want to get them off? You want to get your face on there? What? You, you want to get back on the field? Amari Cooper regressed. You know Amari Cooper regressed Sir, every you said year. dead weight, sir. Yeah, that's dead weight. You said dead weight. Dead 900 weight. receiving yards is not dead weight. The third leading First receiver all, it on the team It wasn't 900. Keep going. 800 plus receiving oh, yards is a little dead different. weight. Okay. The third leading receiver on the team is not dead weight. Oh, yes, it is. Yes, it is. When the number one receiver can't get number one receiver opportunities because others in perception are in his way. Sir, he Randy was dead Gregory. number one receiver Okay, you know what? Dead weight is excessive. That's high. Thank you, it is. But they're going to be better without him. Let's just say that, okay? And they were number one offense with him being third option. If you get up out the way, number one perception, number three reality, can you get up out the way so we can do this right? Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott is another situation. You played in the league. I can't believe you don't even understand this, and I know you do. Uh, how many times have you been on the, on the, on the sideline and you be like, yo, it's some better players over here for us than is on that field right now. The best 11 don't always play. There are other dynamics and business, et cetera, contract status, et cetera. All I'm saying is the Dallas Cowboys are going to get two positions that they were already number one in the league in. All oh, clear the path. Dallas Cowboys lost a game at home to the San Francisco 49ers on the last play of the game, despite really getting washed most of that game. Those same 49ers beat. The Green Bay Packers, which were the number one seat. You got to respect that these Dallas Cowboys are this close. And in the third year in the system with Dak Prescott, it's going to be the same magic Mike McCarthy created in the third year with Aaron Rodgers in his system. I'm betting on the Dallas Cowboys being a Super Bowl team just because it's a smarter bet than betting on a four-win team that ended up being a Super Bowl team. You're mad. I'm offended. I'm not mad. I'm offended. <laughs> I'm a little disappointed, but I'm not mad. Oh, <laughs> um, the Cowboys are not a Super Bowl team because they don't have a Super Bowl coach. Now, I understand what you're saying. What? Acho, how dare you say they don't have a Super Bowl coach when Mike McCarthy literally won a Super Bowl? Oh, my. But think about this, Sal. Go. No NFL coach has ever won a Super Bowl on two different teams. No NFL head coach ever done that. None? Think about None. Think about this even more so, Sal. You have 13 NFL coaches that have won multiple Super Bowls. They've won more than one. Mike McCarthy already won one, so for him to win another, that would make multiple. 13 NFL coaches have won multiple Super Bowls. But no coach has had more than one losing season in between the Super Bowls. Did you? Did you? Meanwhile, Mike McCarthy had a losing season in 2017, 2018, 2020. So what you are telling me is that the Dallas Cowboys are a Super Bowl team, even though they don't have a Super Bowl coach. Oh, no stop coach. That. None. Stop that. Not Belichick, 
Not, 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 not nobody. Mm. Pete Carroll, not nobody. Tomlin, <laughs> and now mind you, they didn't even have to switch teams. Yeah. But no coach has won a Super Bowl on two different teams as a head man. And you're telling me Mike McCarthy's going to do so? Here's why that stat doesn't exist. If you that great a coach, you wouldn't get fired. You ain't going nowhere. Or quit. Now, not just fire. Some of them quit. Bill Cowher. Sure. Yeah. But you wouldn't get fired. Mm-hmm. Bill Belichick. Patriots not firing him. Yeah, good. Even after Tom Brady and you go to Mac Jones. Pete Carroll. Mm-hmm. Seahawks not firing him. What'd they do instead? Mm-hmm. We're going to get rid of maybe the greatest Seahawk of all time. Mm-hmm. Pete, you can stay. Mm-hmm. Russell, you got to go. Mike Tomlin. Man, you found a way to win eight games with Devlin Duck Hodges, with uh, uh, Landry Jones, with Mason Rudolph. Mm. You not getting fired. Mm. Big Ben, appreciate you. You ain't got to go home, but you got to get up out of here. Tomlin, you good. But Mike McCarthy, what? Hey, big dog. <laughs> After one bad season with Aaron Rodgers hurt, you got to go. Oh. So with that being said, Sal, the Cowboys don't have a Super Bowl coach. And as a result, they don't have a Super Bowl team. That's not fair. Uh, that's not fair to Mike McCarthy. First of all, you got... Anything in this world you accomplish, let's keep that. Let's cement that. Like your, sure. like your diplomas, like your Emmys, like him winning a Super Bowl. He's a Super Bowl champion head coach. But, past tense. Well, they all past, past tense. Every single one you're going to name is past tense. The next one is the next one. Right now, they're all past tense. The game was yesterday's ago. That's the <laughs> point. So here we go. I'm a big fan of Freakonomics, Uh, you know, make you think counterintuitively about things, right? You got to look at it differently, right? And it's crazy if I look at this, he was fired from the Green Bay Packers, (gasps) except what's the one team in the NFL that doesn't have an owner? The Green Bay Packers. They got 47 owners of a committee. Basically, everybody meet at Walmart in Green Bay <laughs> on a random Sunday before the game. Talking about, yeah, yeah, what are we going to do? Are we going to pay Aaron Rodgers $150 million? Man, he old as hell. So what? We ain't got nothing. Oh, we're not going to get him any receivers, but we're going to pay him $150 million. So what? Like, the Green Bay Packers, everyone always says how well-ran the organization is. Yeah, quarterback. Y'all had two great quarterbacks in 30 years. But everything else kind of been weird. Ask Clay Matthews and others about how that thing went down. Anyway. Let's not use that against Mike McCarthy. I don't know if they know which way is up sometimes upstairs. Here's the thing that I love about Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy took his sabbatical. He took his hiatus. And he came back. He said, I'm going to land on America's team. Now, you made the great point of most Super Bowl winning coaches just stay still. Yes, sir. Right? And none of them get fired and some of them just quit. Mm -hmm. Right? But there's always a first and especially in 2022, where I see all across, even the NFL, first woman team president, first black team, first, that first a lot in our society today. You trying to tell me there will never be a coach that leaves one franchise and goes to another and wins one, especially when they're there. as rich in resources and talent as the Dallas Cowboys. Glad you went there. Oh, um, oh. Oh. There will always be a first yes. in anything. Yes. Um, track go. and field. We've recently seen Fred Curley, an amazing American sprinter. First person to run sub 9.8 in the 100 meters. That's 100 mm. meters in under 9.8 mm. seconds. Mm. While simultaneously running a sub 20 second 200 meter. While also being capable of running a sub 44 second uh, 400, 400 meter. It's amazing. We saw Obama be the first black president. Kamala Harris be the first uh, uh, black woman that's a vice president. All these firsts. Yeah. But what do all the firsts have in common? 
They were incredibly talented and overachievers. Now, do you look at Mike McCarthy mm-hmm. and say, huh, mm. you're sure to be a first at something. You're so incredibly gifted okay. that you're going to, you, Mike Ooh. McCarthy, you, Mike McCarthy, you're going to be the one that's going to be the first coach of all the coaches in the history of coaching. <laughs> you're going to be the first coach that's going to win two Super Bowls with two different teams. Mind you, you're going to bring the Dallas Cowboys to Super Bowl, even though they haven't won one in 27 years. Mike McCarthy, mm. you are just so talented mm. that of all the coaches that have ever attempted it, it's going to be you, Mike McCarthy. No, Mike McCarthy is not Bill Belichick. He's not, sir. Um, and that is the mistake that so many of us are making. Yeah, you are making a mistake right now. Labeling this man like this. Yes, I'm cutting you off on purpose because you made a mistake. Fred Curley, you wanted to bring him up, shall we? He was not an overachiever. Fred Curley started off in that. You do. No, now, don't try and jump me because I'm about to jump you unless we're going to fight. <laughs> Here we go. Fred Curley, admit this, was a 400-meter runner. Yes, sir. And everybody said great 400-meter runner. Maybe not world record beater, but great. Mm-hmm. He was right there, tier one and a half. Tier, tier one. Yeah, tier one. College record holder. I'm talking about. Michael Johnson. Was oh. you going to go get Michael Johnson's record? Most people said no. I know why they said no. Of course. Because Fred Curley said no. He said, let me drop down. Let me drop down to 200-4-2. He did 4-2 for a while. And then he said, out of thin air, I'm going to run the 100. And I remember every track purist and pundit said, you can't run the 400 and then expect to compete at the 100. Guess what he's greater at now, y'all? Mm-hmm. The 100 than the 400. Mm-hmm. But I chose of the world. No, I chose of the world. Told him, you can't do it. Just don't like you're me. telling Mike McCarthy, you can't do it. You can't win. Maybe I can, Adrian. That's the point. I don't know why you are trying to label a guy who's already done it and trying to remix it and say, now he can't do it. Because Mike McCarthy is average as grits as a coach. Coach, <laughs> that's why. They don't win chips. Mike McCarthy won a chip in 2010 at average, 47. Bro. Where yours at? Where mine at? Since then. Since then, Mike McCarthy had eight more seasons in Green Bay, and he won two games, two of them, outside the wild card round. They were against one team, one of them, the Dallas Cowboys. Mm. Mike McCarthy is average, is grits right now as a head coach. He's good enough to keep you 10 wins, 12 wins, eight wins, but he's not going to take you to the promised land. You know that as well as I know that. I I will applaud Mike McCarthy for what he did in yesteryear, but I'm not going to sit there and laud him now. Here's what I can't stand about this logic. Mm. In everything, literally everything, (laughs) there's an expiration date. I can't hold up this bottle of water because it might be endorsement. I got a bottle of water here down here on my desk. It even has an expiration date. We know that LeBron James' ability has an expiration date. Mm. We know that Aaron Rodgers' talent has an expiration date. Heck, presidents now, you can only run two terms back in the gap. You could run four of them now, two of them. <laughs> expiration date. Yeah. Everything got an expiration date. So, too, does head coaching ability. Wow. So if everything has an expiration date, why then, Sal, don't you think Mike McCarthy's date has expired? Water can go bad. Everything can go bad. I'm sure oxygen can go bad if you breathe it long enough. Everything can go bad. Mike McCarthy has gone 
bad. Is he good enough to keep your 12 wins? Yes. But the question, can the Cowboys win a Super Bowl? Are the Cowboys a Super Bowl team? The Cowboys a team, I'm good with them. Yeah. The Cowboys coach, I just don't like them to win one, coach. What, what, zero to 100, what is your conviction in what you just said? They can't be a Super Bowl team. 90. It's not a 90? 90, because Mike okay. McCarthy. Okay, I get it. Oh, oh, hold on, hold on a second. What's up, brother? What's up, Pete? Pete yeah, Pete. Okay. Pete Carroll, you know, averages grits. Ain't won a Super Bowl. Hey, Pete, when the last time you won a Super Bowl? Averages grits, right? Still tilting out there. I don't hear you talk about Pete Carroll like you do Mike McCarthy. Won their Super Bowls around the same time. Uh, Oh, hold on. What's up, Matthew Stafford? Stafford, yeah, yeah. 13 13 years they said that? Oh, okay. Stafford came to L.A. Before coming to L.A., before the trade, before Cabo, what were they telling Matthew Stafford? Oh, it's a wrap, bruh. Good luck out there. How many games you winning in the postseason? Dog, we can't label this. Like I said in the last block, the most beautiful thing about pro sports is that it's an unscripted soap opera that you will be blindsided by something that can occur. The Cincinnati Bengals were in the Super Bowl. What a chance to win. What? Y'all won four games in two games. Now we're in a position where we're watching the Dallas Cowboys, 12-win team, number one offense, can they blossom into a Super Bowl team? In my world, yes. In your world, it sounds like nah. But so you saw it last year. Hmm, That's here. the thing that I don't understand. Like you saw that Mike McCarthy literally, I believe you were there, Cowboys Chargers. Yeah. yeah. Mike McCarthy literally oh. nearly cost his get- team that game. Yeah, yeah. He forced his kicker to make a 52 or 54 yarder. You remember, mm-hmm. I think it was into the end zone in which you sit. Mm-hmm. He forced his kicker to make that kick because of bad clock bad management. Management, yeah. Against the 49ers in the playoffs. McCarthy, it is you who approves that last-second QB draw, and now you run out of time and cannot try to go into overtime, nor Mm. can you try to win that game on a last play Hail Mary. Mm. Mike McCarthy has fumbled the ball, figuratively speaking, so many (laughs) times as a head coach. So I'm like, how are you blind to it? You've seen it last year. You saw it the year before. Atlanta Falcons, Mike McCarthy, you put your team in a hole. Now you're forcing your team to make onside kick after onside kick to win a game. Mike McCarthy, it's your fault that y'all went for two, not one, two fake punts. Mm. Put your team in a hole, and Mm. now look at you trying to climb out of it. I don't think that the Cowboys are talented enough to overcome the ineptitude of head coach Mike McCarthy. Man. I thought that Dak's injury put him in that hole. He was trying to do everything he could to get him out. Um, Don't you dare. You know Bill Belichick kind of good. You ever been around Bill Belichick? Let me just say this. Don't ever go up to Bill Belichick and say fourth and two. Indy. (laughs) You think he mean now. Wait till you say that around. Everybody falls in. Everyone steps in and everyone becomes that at times because you do this for a living and it's not a perfect living. I look at it like this. The Dallas Cowboys look at their head coach like, at least you've been there. We have not been there as a collective group. Hey, Mike, it's your fault we're the number one offense. Yeah, we get, it's your fault that we got a quarterback that's top 10 in five major statistical categories. The only one doing that. Yeah, it's your fault that we have a defense that has now showed up and it can play on the level with our offense. It's your fault that we got a Super Bowl talented team, but you don't think they're going to achieve that. I'm keeping my mind open, man. Maybe it could happen this year. Coming up, what's going on with them Brooklyn Nets? I said, what's going on with them Nets? We'll tell you if KD should want Kyrie Irving out of Brooklyn Nets on Speak for Yourself. Come on, Cowboys, please make me right. Make me right. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. 
It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Now let's get to the latest with the Nets. A report says people around the league think Kevin Durant's trade with Crest from the team was not actually about wanting to get out of Brooklyn, but it was about getting Kyrie Irving out of Brooklyn. Acho, woo! KD won't Kyrie out of Brooklyn. Good Yo, dope. this is spicy. Spicy. Yeah, dog. Hey, peace. Ooh. He absolutely should. I would if I'm Kevin Durant. Um, Kevin Durant understands this, that he can't win with Kyrie. And it's not a slight on Kyrie. It's a slight on their personalities mm. and the fact that they do not mesh. Kevin Durant knows Kyrie Irving needs a leader to win a championship. We know this for certain. Yeah, we yeah. saw Kyrie Irving with LeBron James, maybe the greatest leader on the court of our generation, win a chip. But Kevin Durant has verbally said and by actions also said, verbally and non-verbally communicated, yo, I don't want to be a leader. I'm a hooper. Mm. I'm a hooper. Y'all can follow my lead mm. on the court, yeah. but I'm not trying to sit here and rah-rah and convince you to not go to your own family function so that you can be on the court. You have to be intrinsically motivated. It's Same. not on me to motivate you to come out here and hoop. But Kyrie needs extrinsic motivation. Kyrie needs somebody outside of his own internal being to convince him to hoop and why to hoop. Money, opting back into his contract in Brooklyn. Woo. Kyrie needs something to motivate him to hoop because there are things outside of the interior of him that stop him from hooping. As a result, mm. KD says, hey, if I can't win with you, Kyrie, then I don't want to play with you, Kyrie. No slight on Kyrie. It's just a combination. I think far too often, Sal, when people that are in relationship and understand Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant are in a roughly 200, 300 million dollar relationship. Oof. People in relationships say, yo, it's your fault. Other person says, hey, it's your fault. Not realizing it's no one's fault. It's just our problem. <laughs> it's not that it's mm. Kyrie Irving's fault or Kevin Durant's fault. Those two are just oil and water. They do not mix. Mm. So KD shouldn't want to play with Kyrie because KD can't give Kyrie what Kyrie needs to win a chip. And Kyrie can't give KD what KD needs to win a chip. Oof, you took it somewhere. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. If I'm Kevin Durant, I don't want Kyrie gone. Let's just be real about this. Because you always got to play out your options before you make your decisions. Options first and then action second, right? Here, Kevin Durant sitting down, scratching his head. Be careful up there. Um, thinking about his options. I can't win with Kyrie. Pops up on this side of the brain. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cheerleaders saying, yeah, you're right. Then the other side of your brain says, but I certainly won't win without Kyrie. <laughs> <laughs> and I think they louder over there. Like, you ain't got a shot. Kyrie gone and it's just Kevin Durant stop playing. Look, this is a situation. They had a small sample size just last year. Kyrie played in only 21% of the games just last year. Nets were 11-6 when KD and Kyrie both played. Let's focus in on that win percentage. That's 650. You know what the Golden State Warriors win percentage last year was in the regular season? 650. Y'all got to understand, this team finished fifth in the East. And in the East, Cats were out there playing games in the regular season trying to compete with the imagination of those Milwaukee Buck champions. Miami Heat, number one seed. Everybody was out there grinding trying to get that number one seed, steal it from Milwaukee. They ended up playing fifth in their 
conference without Kyrie Irving and with a midseason James Harden, Ben Simmons, no playing self-trade. Now, you fast forward in your imagination, you're at this place right now. I like the conspiracy theory. I like the fact that it's not Kevin Durant, like, Kyrie, get up out of here. It's like, oh, I can help you, Kyrie, because you don't really want to be here. And that's a big difference. You could be in a situation where you got so much love for somebody like, yo, you better on your own. I want you to fly higher by yourself. We could fly high together, but I think you could fly higher by yourself. I've been on so many shows and played on so many teams and had so many homies that there gets a point where you're like, dog, I ain't mad at you. Go do it. And a lot of cats ain't built like that. But I think Kevin Durant is because he's a purist. He's a hooper. He like, I just care about going to get this game. Y'all may be caught up in all those dynamics and theatrics, but I think Kevin Durant just like, y'all want to hope. So if it means Kyrie, you out of Brooklyn so you can be better, I got you. But if it means I want to be better and win a championship, oh, you stay your butt right here so we go get that chip. One person has to take a shot. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. Who you want taking KD, a shot? KD, baby. No doubt about it. And I'm with you. I want KD taking a shot. Yeah. So if we both prefer that Kevin Durant take the shot, it's not like the thing Kevin Durant needs from Kyrie Irving is his ability to shoot. Mm. Because if we lose your shots, Kyrie Irving, and they come to me, KD, it's not the worst thing in the world. Marcellus would rather KD shoot than Kyrie, and I would rather KD shoot than Kyrie. You at home would rather KD shoot than Kyrie. So what then do I actually need most probably out of my point? Maybe mm. a dude who can dish it. Maybe a dude who can play defense. Maybe a dude by the name of Ben Simmons. Oh, oh, Ben Simmons is on the roster. So if you want to talk about what Kevin Durant would miss in the absence of Kyrie, understand what Kevin Durant needs most out of his point guard, what Kevin Durant needs most out of his primarily ball handler is somebody who can drive to the paint, dish, but more importantly, play some lockdown D, which we all know Kyrie Irving is not playing. Mm. If, Ky- if we're going to lose Kyrie's 18 shots a game, and KD has to take nine more shots a game. I don't think either of us would actually complain about that. Yeah. So I don't think Kevin Durant is actually going to be that hit by the absence of Kyrie because he'll gain the defense of Ben Simmons, he'll gain the ball distribution of Ben Simmons, and he'll take the shots that Kyrie's no longer present to take. Mm. I don't think it's as bad sell as you're making it out to be. Mm. I think KD will or would understand, wait a second, I have just as good a shot of winning a title with Kyrie as I do without Kyrie. Woo! Deep, deep, deep. Um, Let's remember, though, who I want to take the last shot is not the one who always takes the last shot and who always takes the big shot. Let's be real. Kobe or Derek Fisher? (laughs) You already know where I'm going. Kobe. Kobe. Derek Fisher, go and shoot those. Keep going. Jordan Kerr. Go ahead and shoot that. Like, let's get this. And I think that... People always try to sell you on, you got an abundance of riches. I'm like, nah, that's kind of how we tried to build this. Like, we want the most talent. I can't do an even swap Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons. Who's better? Kyrie Irving better than Ben Simmons, no matter how much you don't agree with Kyrie Irving. Now, can I use Ben Simmons in his highest form defensively and in transition and use Kyrie Irving in his highest form, which is just being a wizard when the ball's in his hand and doing whatever he needs to do to create opportunities for himself and for others. Yeah, I think those things can go together and not be antagonistic. I think they can just blend together. It's a weird dynamic in Brooklyn, but this is why to our last block, I mean, two blocks ago, we were talking about how this is great for the NBA. Look at how our imaginations have to work just to see this come to life. In Brooklyn, 
or with the Lakers potentially or elsewhere. This is amazing, man. But if I'm Kevin Durant, the highest I can go in potential has to have Kyrie Irving on this roster. But I think you're asking the wrong question. Who's better? Ben Simmons, Kyrie Irving. Who's better? Ben Simmons, Kyrie Irving. That to me is the wrong question. Okay. I think the more accurate question or the better question for this situation, who's more valuable okay. to Kevin Durant? I think, Durant. I think to Kevin Durant, I think Ben Simmons is more oh, valuable. When's the last time he played, brother? Uh, when's the last time Kyrie Irving played effectively? What do you mean effectively? He wasn't as bad in the play. He was bad. <laughs> KD, if anybody, who was the worst of them three? KD, KD was worse than Ben it. Simmons, and Ben Simmons didn't even play. <laughs> KD wasn't KD. I think if you are assuming full commitment from both players, because mm. being honest, you didn't have full commitment from Kyrie Irving. Fact, fact, fact. So if you're assuming full commitment and full health, mentally and physically, from Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons, I think Ben Simmons is of greater value to Kevin Durant mm. than Kyrie Irving is because of what Ben Simmons brings to the table. It's track and field time because we're in the middle of world championships to your mark so i understand wholeheartedly i understand wholeheartedly that um the greatest 800 meter runner of all time is going to be better than an average 100 meter runner right? johnny gray sure. <laughs> um, i understand that wholeheartedly but understand this what? if i'm putting together a four by 100 meter relay where i have four people running 100 meters the greatest 800 runner of all time does me no good on this 4 by 100 meter relay. Yeah. Just give me an average 100 meter runner because he's more valuable yeah. to what I need. Yeah. He might not be better in the overall picture of track and field as the 800 runner, but give me the dude that runs the event that I need him to run for this relay that I need him to run. Mm. Kyrie Irving is obviously better than Ben Simmons in the greater picture of basketball and the dialogue of basketball. Clearly, Kyrie Irving is. And the smaller. <laughs> but in the relay that Kevin Durant needs the Brooklyn Nets to run towards a championship, yeah, I, I think that. Ben Simmons is actually more valuable to that relay race towards a championship. But doesn't that sound eerily similar to when Golden State was inquiring, not acquiring Kevin Durant? We good, we good. Like, we need something to deal with LeBron, but we good. We just won 73 games. Hey, you don't win them all. Oh, we good. We just won a championship the year before. Kevin Durant going to come and there's only one ball. I hate when they say that. There's only one ball. Uh, when Kevin Durant came, they went 16-1 and one in the playoffs, y'all. Stop playing with me. Like, why would you have to get rid of Kyrie to see the best of Ben Simmons? Like, that's silly to me. Like, no, Ben. You play around Kyrie. Like, in football, you're a linebacker, and there's three other linebackers that start. And then we may bring in another one in a sub package. You know, we expect pass. But everybody knows who's the – if we only had one linebacker, who on the field? Damn it, him. So we all play around him. Why is this so difficult in basketball to see the same? It seemed like the stars want it that way. But I, Why don't we? Because it's the very same thing you said at the top of the show. Remember the top of the show. You said that – the presence of Cowboys receiver Amari Cooper yes. was taking away from the presence of Cowboys receiver CeeDee Lamb. Yes. If CeeDee Lamb is the better of the two Cowboys receivers, Amari Cooper's absence, now Amari Cooper with the Cleveland Browns, is going to allow CeeDee Lamb, like the it. Cowboys receiver, to elevate. Okay. Okay. I think Kev Kyrie Irving's absence would allow Kevin Durant to elevate even more so. And then clearly, if Ben Simmons is present and committed, yeah. I think he's a missing okay. piece. That KD needs. Use my words against me. I like that. So we're going to see a three times better Ben Simmons, five times better Ben Simmons? Hopefully just Ben Simmons at all. Just, there you go. Because I remember math. You'd be like, oh, really? What's six times zero? Still zero. So six <laughs> times better. We need to see Ben Simmons on the court. Forget how many times better he's going to be. Steph Curry is a four-time NBA champ. So coming up, is he becoming the face of the NBA? We'll answer that next on straight for yourself.
Steph Curry recently won his fourth NBA title and first NBA Finals MVP award, but according to the Warriors owner, he's not done yet. Joe Lacob said Steph's got a number of years to go, adding, quote, I don't see him going off a cliff. Sorry to the rest of the mm. league. Close quote. Got to bring in NBA analyst extraordinaire Slick Rick the Buker. But, Sal, you up first. Is Steph Curry actually becoming the face of the league? Surprisingly, yes. Surprisingly, yes. For Steph Curry becoming the face of the NBA, there's a void right now in terms of the transition of this league from LeBron James, who I think presently mm. is still the face of the NBA, despite the Lakers not making the playoffs. LeBron James commands the most attention of any star in the NBA. When you say in symbol or representation, what is the NBA to anyone outside our borders? They're going to think of LeBron James and maybe someone native to their land. But LeBron James is that common denominator in commonality with the great ones. Now, this is why there's a void there, because LeBron James, obviously, is going to come to an end. And LeBron James also is not in that pursuit of that. It seems like others are. Giannis comes to mind. Ooh, Giannis, you're supposed to be the face of the NBA. Here's the thing. I don't think Giannis will be the face of the NBA because Giannis doesn't want to wrap his arms around all that comes with being the face of the NBA, which means you got to endorse the brand, which means you have to shine off the brand, which means you have to promote the brand. And we know Giannis is just about that ball and his family. But Steph Curry has his hands in a lot of different things right now, wears a lot of different hats and wears them well. Steph Curry, the most likable superstar in all of sports, now can become the face of the NBA. Not necessarily because he's the best player in the NBA, even though his team won a championship. It's because that void at the top, Giannis is going to be reluctant to hold that level. So if you're Steph Curry, it's your turn, man. Go ahead. I think he's going to be the face of the NBA. Not becoming, Marcellus. Not becoming. He is. He is Mm. the face of the NBA Mm. right now. He climbed that mountain. And there are a variety of things that I can point to that proves it. But let's start with the number one thing, and that's social media when it comes to the NBA. Steph Curry, over the course of this season, between chasing the three-point record by Ray Allen and then going all the way to the finals, capturing his first finals MVP. When it comes to the NBA social media feeds, can I get my full screen here, please? Steph Curry dwarfed everybody else. Now, LeBron James has more Instagram followers. I imagine he probably has more Twitter followers. But when it comes to consuming NBA content, Steph Curry stands alone at the top of the mountain. And it's understandable, again, because of all that he accomplished this year. And I'm just going to go anecdotally based on my social media feeds, because after I reported that Steph had reached out to KD to see uh, what his level of interest in coming back to the Warriors was, I got more foreign languages in my feed discussing (laughs) that report (laughs) than I can ever remember. So when you close your eyes and you think about where the NBA is right now and who the golden child is, it's Steph Curry. I don't know how long he stays there, and I would argue that he just got there now, but based on everything that he did this season and the response to it, Steph Curry right now is the face of the NBA. Slick, I just don't agree with you. 
And that's the beauty of this show. We all speak for ourselves. Um, the reason I don't is this. You all, if you were to try to visualize a person, your best friend, your significant other, your child, uh, your boss, whatever the case may be, if you were to visualize a person, the first thing more than likely that you would visualize is their face. Mm. So when you want to talk mm. about the face of the NBA slick, if you were to close your eyes and visualize the NBA, visualize the NBA, visualize the NBA, hey, what face comes up yes. first? It would not be that of Steph Curry for the masses. Maybe for you, mm. but the question is not just for mm. you, an NBA analyst. The question is, what about the 19-year-old that never watched one NBA game this season? What about the 42-year-old housewife, if you will, the 42-year-old working woman, the 42-year-old working man, the 42-year-old stay-at-home dad? What about mm. that person, Slick? Mm. That is truly the face of the NBA. Who is the first face that comes to mind when you think of the NBA and it's just not Steph Curry. I love me some Steph Curry. My second favorite player in the NBA, only to Giannis who go out into Kumpo. I love me some Steph Curry. But it would be a lie to say that Steph is the face of the NBA. He's becoming it, surely. But as long as LeBron James is present and accounted for in the NBA, nobody else can and nobody else will be the face of the NBA. He can join the Mount Rushmore, if you will, of faces and be one of several oh, faces in oh, the NBA, not the yes. Mount Rushmore of the NBA. Woo. But he can join okay. the Mount Rushmore yeah. of faces as you see maybe a few different faces. But come on, Slick Rick, there's no way for Steph Curry to be the face of the NBA because truly LeBron James just has too much of a head start. Quick one, Acho. Who is the face of the NBA? I don't think I caught Brian. that. Is Bron? Okay, Bron, Bron. so it was so obvious you didn't even have to say yeah, it. Okay, Bron, good, good, good. Yeah, the same guy, LeBron James. I have a basketball hoop in my backyard, little target hoop. You know what the face of it is? It's a LeBron face. My little kids play with it every day. My kids know who LeBron James is. And they know who Steph Curry is, but they knew LeBron James first. first. It's kind of weird. Like, first, I'm the first basketball player, and I didn't tell him who that was on the actual basketball. My son used to say he thought it was like one of my uncle, his uncles, one of my brothers. And I was like, they, they don't have brothers. That's just <laughs> Anyway, let's talk about Slick. Where do you live again? Because Acho and I are in Los Angeles. I wonder where Slick yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. Bay yeah. Area? Oh, I'm the in the Al Bay Area. Oh. Yeah. And where, where, where are you? Where are you? L.A. No, wait a L.A. Well, we ain't in Cleveland. Where are you guys? <laughs> we ain't in it. Where are you guys? <laughs> You're in L.A., right? You're in L.A. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who else lives in L.A.? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he live here now, but uh, I think the algorithm got you, Slick. Oh, You've been stop. up there for two days. Stop. <laughs> okay, here's a line. Man, stop. Here's a line for you, Slick. Be real about this, Slick. Yeah. We know, and I love when they, oh, God. I got, I don't know where my ego is, but it's not too inflated because I love to compare people. And it's OK. It's OK. Like if I compare myself to yeah. somebody who went to Harvard, I'm like, you got me. You went to Harvard. damn it. And they like. But then when I compare myself to someone with the brown, I'm like, I got you. And they're like, hey, what do you mean? I'm like, dog, shut up. Like Alabama could look at other people and be like, oh, y'all kind of sorry. It's OK. Y'all get better. Here's the thing. <laughs> You just had as a throwaway line, Slick said this. Well, we know LeBron has more followers than Steph, hey. but what do you mean? Uh -uh. Ain't no but. We, we done right there. But let's go even farther for LeBron. LeBron James has more followers than all major sports leagues combined. 
Come on, we dealing with a different animal here. I love how Acho gave us the visualization of LeBron James. Cause when I close my eyes, I, I really be like, yo, LeBron is the NBA face right now. Not Giannis, sorry, not Steph Curry, not even KD, who y'all know I love. But let's go a little deeper than this. Here's the thing, if you had to have one person support your brand, Slick Rick comes out with some, I don't know, mustard or some Slick Rick's mustard, whatever mm. it may be. That's a good point. And you had to grab mm -hmm. one person to get the most power out of yeah. that brand. And this has yeah. actually happened yeah. because LeBron was at yes. Nike and Steph came into Nike, reportedly, and they were trying to give him a pitch, but he felt the water down of it. He saw that they were choosing Kyrie Irving over him. Remember those days? And they had Kevin Durant in the marketing pitch in the corner. And Steph went to Under Armour, as reported. Point being, who would sell the slick Rick mustard? It got to be LeBron because he's the face of the NBA. Yeah. No. Well, no. It wouldn't be because he's the face of the NBA. Oh. It would be because of his reach. <laughs> LeBron James, okay. I feel, has... Uh, has elevated into this other place where Ooh. LeBron James is known for being LeBron James. Yep, yeah. I think point. when we talk about the NBA and we talk about the NBA right now, and uh, I mean, you make a great, both of you make great arguments. I, I can't fight the idea that LeBron James <laughs> and his footprint is bigger than Steph Curry's. But I could also make the argument that if we're going to go down that road, then Michael Jordan is still the face of the NBA because there's a case that can be made that more people know about Michael Jordan on this day than they do about LeBron James. Mm. I'm talking about the NBA as of right now going forward. How is the NBA marketing itself? Mm. It's not marketing itself through LeBron James. The numbers that I gave you in terms of the social media views is a reflection of that. Yeah. The reason that Steph has all those views is because he has so much content going out on their social media streams. And what have we been talking about over the last, since he won the championship? What does that finals MVP mean? Where does he rank among all-time greats? The only conversation that we've had about LeBron James hasn't been about LeBron James. It's been about Kyrie Irving. Mm. And LeBron James is going to play in the Drew League in order to capture, what, attention at this point. And I dare say he's so brilliant, he probably looked at those social media views and said, I don't have any content out there right now. I need to go do something. Oh, the Drew League, how much run is that going to get? I mean, this is how calculated LeBron is, and I respect him for it. I just, when I close my eyes and I think of the NBA right now, I think of Steph Curry holding up that trophy. I think of Steph Curry being in tears immediately afterward, uh, clinching it. I think of all the vision, uh, all the views that we've gotten of Steph Curry this summer and the variety of things that he's doing. I just feel like he's, he has finally, and I was uh, berated for saying LeBron, that he's never been the face of the league, Steph has finally reached that mountain, and it's hard for me. Look, I understand the argument you're making. I can't counter that plenty of people around the world may still see LeBron that way. But from the NBA perspective, what Steph Curry just did this year feels to me like he finally took that last step to the summit. And maybe I'm a uh, party of one in making that case. <laughs> 
but I just can't deny him it because of all that went into getting there. I'm intrigued, Slick. Very quickly then, tell me, when you think of the face of the NBA, Marcellus has clearly alluded it has to do with the biggest imprint, if you will, that reach, if you yeah. will. I'm yeah. talking about it's the first person that you think of when you see it's the person you associate most to the NBA. What's your qualification? Who do I, who do I see as the most meaningful player in the league right now? And I don't see LeBron James as the most meaningful player. He is, we could say he's the most well-known, but does he really matter as of right now going into next season? He does not. The question we have in our heads is not whether LeBron James is going to win another championship. It's whether, whether Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors and what's going to happen. And are they going to get Kevin Durant? And everything that I can think of that is germane to the NBA right now, I can make a case for a number of other things. LeBron James, for the first time, is not it. Mm. And that's what I put it on. You know what, Slick? I'm glad you really came on for this segment and broke it down because I understand exactly where you're coming from. Uh, you're, you're almost taking us behind those closed doors where the NBA is thinking about brand association. Who are we going to promote? Mm-hmm. Because I've been in this situation. I'm sure we all have. I've won out and been a part of deals when they had a bigger star in mind. But they're like, in terms of brand association, we'd rather go with you even though you're not the bigger of the stars. I totally get that. That was deep. And and look, I think this arrival moment for Steph outside of the championships, because he doesn't have more chips than LeBron. He has the same amount. I think it's simply this. Steph versus LeBron. Steph doesn't step in it. Whatever you want to think that is. Like Steph, in his image, exclusively Steph, is a more wholesome image than LeBron, who at times will be Mm. so authentic that at times he's going to take you through it and then have to return, you turn, and apologize for where he just took you. Because in a brand association conversation, that's not exactly what you desire. So Steph doesn't step in it. And there was a time, let's be real, where he only had to clean up a couple of the spills that Aisha or others around him had. But Steph, him, with intent, never steps in it. Who wouldn't want to associate their brand with that? Sooner or later, if not now, according to Slick, that person will be the face of the NBA. Coming up, it sounds like Debo Samuel's about to get paid. Get paid, young Debo, get paid. Hey. But we'll tell you if the 49ers should be leery about giving Debo that bag. That's next on Shane. For your sale. Debo Samuel had a well-publicized trade request earlier this offseason. The reason appeared to be about contract negotiations, but things could be getting better between the all-pro wide receiver and the 49ers. Debo's trainer posted a message with Debo in the shot saying he's, quote, about to get paid, young homie. So, Acho, should the 49ers be leery of giving Debo Samuel a big payday? Not at all. Don't be leery. It's very simple. San Francisco 49ers, please understand this. The top five receivers in football, they're making $25-plus million a year. Yeah. The top ten receivers in football, they're making $20-plus million a year. Debate with your mama where Debo Samuels fall from 1 to 10, but I'll tell you this. What? He falls somewhere between <clears throat> 1 through 10. You got to pay Debo. The only reason I hesitate to pay players in the National Football League are they too injury-prone. And if they are too injury-prone, are they afraid of playing through those injuries? Debo Samuel does not fall under either, or at least both of those categories. The second reason I p- p- fear to pay a player, do they lack maturity? 
Do they lack mm. maturation? Debo Samuel does not lack the maturation to maintain playing at a high level. The last reason I fear paying a player is the league going to catch up to his style of play. And you can't catch up to Debo's style of play because it's hard to catch Debo. Oh, okay. And if you catch Debo, <coughs> it's even harder to bring him down. Mm. 49ers, you can try to figure out where Debo falls from one to 10, one to 20. But I know this much. He's a top 10 receiver and he deserves top 10 money, which is $20 million a year minimum. Ooh. Man, I hate getting in somebody's pockets, especially when I want to come out with money in my hand and take it from their wallet. But you got to be leery. You got to be leery. Like, leery. I ain't say, like, you're not going to do it, but you got to think twice about doing it. Why? I said think twice. Has Debo showed you last year twice? Uh-oh. Anybody? Anybody? Look. I'm a guy who got paid off of one year, so look, Debo, get paid, young homie, get paid. However, damn it, if I'm the organization, you should have thought twice about Wiley. <laughs> Think twice about Samuel. <laughs> let's talk about this. Acho, you wanna, let's play a little trivia game. You know, okay. bartender, get him a double, water. Who was 45th in reception since they came into the league? Anybody? Oh, you know. Who? No, 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 bartender, don't be mean. 25th in receiving yards since they came into the league. Anybody? Who had just four, their receiver, right? Four receiving touchdowns in their entire career. And then last year, woo, big jump, six. <laughs> Come on, man. Stop playing with me. You ready for this, Acho? Bartender, he ain't liking this water. Here we go. He started 15 games last year. Let me do the math. How many games do they play? A little more than that. Oh, whatever. In his entire career before that, he had started a total of 16. Whew. We're looking at the same thing differently. You could be like, oh, my God, he is surging. Get him right now while he's cheap because he is going there. First time, first team all pro wide receiver. First time ever making the Pro Bowl. All I'm saying is to bet in that consistency to see future behavior like we saw from you, Debo, we need to see past behavior. We don't really have a deep pass to draw from. So I will be leery of giving them that money. I understand your thought process, and I don't necessarily think it's wrong. But even if you're going to be leery, regardless, you got to do it because somebody else will. Mm. You can't be mad when somebody cheats the system. So there will yep, come yep. a point in time, if it hasn't happened with your oldest daughter, with your next set of children, mm. where you know they lying, but you can't catch them. Woo. It's like, I, I know I can't catch them. You can't happy, catch yeah. them. Like, they you know they lying about yeah. something, yeah, yeah, yeah. but you just don't yeah. know how to catch them in the lie. So it's like, you know what? You got me. Yeah, got me. Debo Samuel got the Niners, big dog. Let's hear it. If you ball as you enter that fourth year, Facts. that contract year, they got you. Yeah. Sorry. It's like what you want as a team is for a player to ball early and then be sorry or late <laughs> so you ain't got to pay him as much during that contract year. <laughs> but if they ball going into that contract year, they got you. They like, got you, unfortunately, yeah. the system is rigged so that if a player balls in his contract year, you got to pay that player. Debo balled. So it's like, what else you want to do? You want to hold his rookie year, his sophomore year against him? I don't think you can do it. No. Furthermore, if you don't pay him, somebody else will. So it might as well be you. No, no, you're absolutely correct. I mean, look, the system was rigged and I knew the rules to rig it. You know, I always tell people in this world, when they say, oh, man, this country's rigged. I'm like, yeah, and you do the rigging. You got to know the rules and know how to play the game within the game. And Debo did it. I did it. 
Like, I sat on the bench for three years. I wasn't tripping. Long as that fourth year mm-hmm. came, let me get mine. And I didn't know what I was going to do. Thankfully, they opened up the opportunity for me because I couldn't force their hand. But I was praying. Please let me get on this field this contract year. I get your point. Here's the thing about Debo, though. His style of play already suggests to you he ain't long for this. Now, I don't believe in that, but I do know that's a real narrative. I believe there are some guys. I remember when I, Warwick Dunn got drafted the same year as I. And I remember talking to him. I was like, dog, they say you're going to get killed in the league because you're this big. Dog, every time I play Warwick Dunn, I don't think I touched him. I, I touched the wind in the shadow of him. Like, never him. He was like, dog, I see y'all coming. I'm like, yeah, that's going to take a while. And Debo seems the opposite of that. Everyone says, oh, my God, such a taxing style. He's looking for physicality. He's looking for the hit. But they do add up. And right now, his numbers don't add up to the big payday in totality. And then if these hits are going to start adding up on you, Debo, and we have seen injuries before from you or lack of availability, this is sounding a little too uneven for me to simply digest this and say, checkbook and pen. Write your number. But then what's your move, Sal? Because Debo got the Niners between a rock and a hard No, he don't. Franchise tag. Where'd that come from? Franchise tag again. Where'd that come from? He ain't going to play. You ain't going to play? Say it, Debo. I dare you. Be the first that ever. Be the first player that never played on this franchise tag. I dare you. Okay. You franchise tag Debo. You get the average of the top five paid at the position. So you franchise tag Debo. He going to make $28 million. You franchise tag him again. By then, he going to make $30 million. You've just paid him two years, $58 million. And figure it out if he going to stay healthy or not. Figure out if he going to stay as great as he was or not. Figure out if it was Mike McDaniels or not. And I don't believe it was. I'm just telling you all the thought bubbles I got. You got to pop them. Thought bubbles are simple. You got to pop them. I had a back surgery in my contract year with no Bruce Smith. They was like, we ain't paying you. Brought me into the general manager's office and literally said, I hope you have a great season. You're not getting paid here. And I was like, damn. And then it turned out it was a blessing. They were like, you're going to have to get that money. That money you're commanding, we ain't got that in Buffalo for you coming off the back surgery, et cetera. Fine for me. General manager who told me that in Buffalo ended up going to San Diego. I followed him to San Diego. Turns out that was coming from a little higher than him. Debo's in a situation where you got to have some doubts about, is he going to do this again? Is he going to do this again without Mike? Is he going to do this again without Mike and stay healthy? Like, dog, those are three things that make me want to franchise tag you at least one time. But that's not even now. That's next year. But if you don't pay Debo, Sal, who in the world do you pay? Ooh. What was that Niners offense last year without Debo saying? Oh, nothing. 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 Extinct. Yeah. So if. It's bad ball and looks terrible for the Niners if you can have a guy who can essentially lead the NFL in all-purpose yards when you talk about rushing yards plus receiving yards, at least lead all receivers. When you have a guy who can do that and you still don't want to pay him, now mm. all the young bucks, the Ayukes of the world, the young cats on the Niners roster are like, wait a second. Oh, this ain't going to be home for me very long. Like, you know how it goes. General managers get a resume inside the locker room. Oh, boy, do they. Howie (laughs) Roseman, he has a resume inside that Eagles locker room, and he has a reputation inside that Eagles locker room. You do not want to be the GM that everybody's like, oh, I ain't even going to negotiate with him. Like, he he ignorant. Notoriously cheap. Yeah, but there's (laughs) – we all say that. And we're like, man, that franchise is notoriously cheap. But they got a full roster <laughs> and they got a minimum salary cap right. and they spending that money. Oh, somebody. Oh, somebody. Oh, somebody eating. Here's the thing. Be real. Damn, I feel I gotta I gotta reach out to Debo. He came on the show, he was amazing. I gotta talk to him for real. They gonna play you, dog. They gonna play you. This is how they gonna play you. It's easy to play him. This is easy to set him up for failure. Ready? Trey Lance, Debo. 
play. Whatever Trey Lance is going through, Debo going to suffer more. Mm-hmm. One, he's unconventional. So mm-hmm. maybe he'll say, give me the ball, hand it to me. But as a defense, I saw that game plan. I've seen that blueprint. I got six, six, 17 games of that. Oh, Debo, I dare you to run the ball the same. You're not threatening us on the deep end. Trey Lance trying to figure it out. This is what happened to Dez Bryant, bro. This is why Dez Bryant fell off a cliff. Preaching now, Because Dak preaching. came in and Dak like, I'm running what the play says. And Dez like... Throw the 50-50 robo-ball. And then all of a sudden, Dak like, I'm trying to get mine. And Dez couldn't get his. Woo! If he and Trey Lance don't hit the ground running, which I They doubt. can't. They can't. Thank you. They can't. Not so even. He, he, now you franchise. Now that money, that value done came down. It's You begging for the franchise tag now because that value going to come down. And it's going to look like a one-hit wonder, even though we know he way better than So that. then it's on Debo to get out now, or at least Woo. get out when Jimmy G gets out. It's kind of what it seems like. You, Debo yeah, either has to yeah, get out when yeah, Jimmy G gets yeah. out or he got to get paid before Trey Lance becomes a starter just yeah. because Trey Lance and Debo will not have the same instantaneous success that Jimmy G and Debo had last year. I'm, I'm with you. I, that is third option. That is my worst option is to go out there with Trey Lance and expect Trey Lance to hit the ground running in his first year as a full-time starter with the fewest collegiate reps of any first Bro, round you, of It's not even that. You can't put $120 million on Trey Lance. On Trey Lance. Like, Debo has $120 million riding on this. Same. Devontae Adams had, I got to think, paid $140. Yeah. So Debo Samuel got $120-some-odd uh, million uh, dollars uh, riding on Trey Lance. I would not put my $120 million future in the hands of a 22-year-old that hasn't really started but one game in his career. Yeah. I, I wouldn't do it. He got you under his thumb. He doesn't know which way is up. He's trying to figure it out, and then your money is tied to him. Woo! Spicy up in San Fran. We'll be watching. Baker Mayfield's in Carolina now, but had to agree to a $3.5 million payout to get traded by the Browns. But a report says he can recoup the money if he meets several incentives, including $250,000 playing 75% of the games and the Panthers winning 10 games and $500,000 for making the Pro Bowl team. Ooh, Acho. Confident Baker will capitalize on his second chance? No doubt about it. I can honestly say I'm, I'm, I'm no more confident of anything in football over the next two years, not just this year, but over the next two years in Baker Mayfield capitalizing on this chance. Reason being... Baker Mayfield capitalizes on any chance he's ever been given in life. Baker Mayfield was given a chance at Texas Tech as a walk-on, and that's just a chance. When you're a walk-on, literally the only thing you're given is a chance because we really treat walk-ons <coughs> like just the dregs of the football team. <laughs> so Baker Mayfield was given a chance as a walk-on, and he became a starter. Given a chance to compete against Trevor Knight at the University of Oklahoma. Not only does he become a starter, but he goes to the college football playoff. <coughs> Not only does he go to the college football playoff, he wins the Heisman Trophy. Okay, Baker, you're given a chance at Cleveland. You're the number one overall pick. We're not going to start you right away, but we're going to give you a chance. He goes to Cleveland and with that chance takes the Browns to the playoffs and wins a playoff game for the first time in 26 years. Whenever you give Baker Mayfield a chance, he makes the absolute most of that opportunity for a moment. Mm. I don't know if he'll make the most out of that opportunity for a lifetime, but Mm. at a minimum. He'll make the most out of that opportunity for a moment. In Lubbock, it was for a moment. In Oklahoma, it was for several moments. In Cleveland, it was for a moment. He's going to make the most out of this chance for a moment. I can't tell you he's going to go on to have a Hall of Fame career, but I can tell you this much. He's going to go on to rejuvenate and revitalize his career. <laughs> I didn't tell you. Not you didn't sell you. You didn't sell you. You believed it. No, if I'm it was start, convincing. Marcellus, you say boat to your mark. Set. And for a moment, I'm in front of you saying this. Oh, what, what? 
A moment? Who gives a damn about a moment? Finish it. And you know Baker Mayfield did not capitalize or finish on his moment in Cleveland. That's why he's in a position right now where they're incentivizing him, which means basically putting a carrot in front of him to say, I need more Baker. That don't even look good. I need more. That don't, that don't look right at all. That, that ain't it. I don't, you better ball, dog. You better change my mind on how that look because that don't look right. Go get it. And listen, dog, you, man, you should have grew up with me, dog. I got a spidey sense like none other. Peepaw, they try to play Baker Mayfield in their incentives. Wait a minute. We're going to give you 250000 $1,000 for playing 75% of the games or more. Interesting. You, most people are like, okay, that's a good incentive. And then they said, but if you win 10 games and that, you get another 250000 Most people still ain't catching this. I'm catching this. Because then they try to hit you with this. You get 500000 if you make the Pro Bowl. Wait a minute. You're going to pay me more if I'm great, but not if we great and I play for you? Y'all lying. That means they know you ain't making the Pro Bowl because you ain't made the Pro Bowl. <laughs> and they gave them this incentive to, for 10 wins, a 10-7 and seven or better season. You only going to give them 250 <laughs> Dog, they setting this dude up and people buying this. Maybe they just cheat. You know what? <laughs> you ain't, ain't that dumb. Ain't indictment on Baker. Bro. No, no. Maybe they just cheat. This is ignorant. This is two hundred fifty. That's pennies for ten wins. That's disrespectful. Like that. Coming up, Bill Belichick is arguably the greatest coach of all time. But we'll tell you what's at stake for him this season. That's next on Speak for Yourself, Baker. Man, they trying to get you, bro. <laughs> Bill Belichick's Patriots made the playoffs last season with a rookie quarterback in Mac Jones. But what about the Super Bowl this season? NFL.com wrote, it's only human nature to kind of wonder how much of Belichick's success was owed to the presence of Tom Brady for their six titles in New England. So, Sal, talking about Bill Belichick and his greatness, what is at stake for Belichick this season? Okay, nothing's at stake for Bill Belichick this season in terms of championship or bust. I feel like when the police pull you over, I feel like when you watch those shows and they say, they read your Miranda rights and they say, everything you say can and will will be used against you. For the law. In a conversation with Acho. That's what <laughs> I almost want you to go first. Because I'm like, what? Dog, Bill Belichick is the most decorated coach of all time. And they talk about at stake. He has put every other coach in NFL history on the stake and burned them all. I got more rings than the greats added up. What's at stake if I have to ask? Just close the gap between you and looking like a championship contender because I think they're a step off from looking like a real contender. But Cincinnati fooled me last year. They went from two wins, four wins to end the Super Bowl. Can they do this? Absolutely. But what's at stake for Bill Belichick, who has rings falling off his, his both hands and his toes and out of his pockets? Nothing's at stake. But as the police, when they pull you over, don't say nothing. I'm listening, Nacho. Um, I have a question then. Say this at a minimum. Talk to my lawyer. The, talk to my lawyer. <laughs> What is the strongest emotion that you say? The strongest emotion? Yes, sir. The strongest? Yeah, you said the I heard the most the haunting. No, shame. you said the strongest emotion, right? Is, is apathy. Oh, apathy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. okay. The strongest you, you emotion me. per Marcellus Wiley. Yeah. It's not necessarily somebody who cares a ton. Yeah, you got me. It's like, well, somebody don't care at all. At all. It's telling. I don't think Bill Belichick has anything at stake. Nice. But I think it's because nobody cares anymore. And that's even more telling. So last year, we were obsessed, fixated 
with Bill Belichick's success going into the season. Mm-hmm. Remember, Tom Brady had just won a Super Bowl after joining a team without Bill Belichick in his first at-bat. Yeah, two years ago, yep. So we were all fixated going into last year. Correct. Two years ago, Tom Brady had yeah. won the Super Bowl. So going into last year, following Tom Brady's yeah, Super yeah. Bowl, we were all fixated yeah. on Belichick's success. Which, and he's drafting a quarterback in the first round? Mm-hmm. Oh, Belichick, what you gonna do? What you got up your sleeve? Can you match Tom Brady? Super Bowl without you. This year... We don't care. It's our first Bill Belichick discussion all offseason. Roughly, what, 200 days, 150 days of the offseason? And it's the first time we talking about Belichick? The first time? The greatest coach of all time. Earlier on in the show, we talked about the greatest basketball player of all time in LeBron James. We talked about the greatest football player currently playing in Aaron Rodgers all the time. But the greatest coach of all time. And we only talking about him now? Mm. He doesn't have anything to prove, but he doesn't have anything to prove because we're now apathetic towards Bill Belichick. Mm. I just don't think we care anymore. And that's more telling than me telling you if he has something to prove. Mm, you deep. We only got a minute on this one. Um, you know some really, really wealthy people. I know you do. But put them in your mind right now. And then you know some really, really, really famous people. Put them in your mind. They're right? the same person. Okay, you know, you know both. <laughs> Most people are not so privy of knowing one or the other, but you know both. How many times you've been out with somebody who's famous? And then you like, in the back of your head, because we do this, you're like, dog, they ain't who you think they are. Mm-hmm. Or they ain't got what you think they got, mm-hmm. right? But they famous. Everywhere they go, whoo, attention. And then the dirt person who no one cares about, we ain't talking about, is the one with it all, mm-hmm. right? I think that's the same thing with Belichick. He got so much that people just like... He got it all. Now, who on the hunt to try even get close to where he is? Nobody's get that close. But who's on the hunt to even get in that conversation? So the paparazzi will jump on the newest rapper who just put on 20 chains, all rental, just for the video. Meanwhile, billionaire hedge fund dude just walked in, dirty, dusty jeans and the sneakers on with the watch I can't pronounce. Coming up, <laughs> Russell Wilson is not tiptoeing around on his goals in Denver. And Belichick got that watch on, too. We'll tell you if we love or hate this bulletin board material in July. That's next on Speak for Yourself. Russell Wilson has only been a Denver Bronco for a few months, but he already has a clear goal in mind. Russ posted a training video recently on his cleats, and he had an image of the Lombardi Trophy with, quote, Wharf coming soon. Uh-oh. Winning the fourth Super Bowl for the Denver Broncos. So, Archer, you love or hate Russell Wilson's bold Super Bowl uh, statement. Yeah. Uh, this time I hate it because now mm. I'm starting to think, and I, I really, really, really like Russell Wilson. I think he's doing this for attention. Like, I understand the athletes that write mm. uh, a message on their gloves, right, the outside or the inside, because <clears throat> you can see that message. Yeah. Writing a message on your tape uh, mm. when you tape your wrist, you can see that message. You're out there in your stance. You see that tape. Go get them. Play hard today. Play for mom. Play for pops. RIP so-and-so. Mm. But writing something on the back of your cleats that you can't even see, that we can see, that's for sure. Oh, that's like having rims, huh? I finally woke up. I was like, why well, I got rims? They see them. I can't see them. I'm in the car. Uh, I used to have Philippians 4.13 on me. I could do anything to him who strengthens me, which is him as I. You know two I verses. I know two verses. Who that's it. You, Russell, dog? I love it, dog. Do you. That's it for us. <laughs> Shut up, I don't. See you tomorrow. <laughs> I got another verse. <laughs>